Thank you for tuning in to Pulp Fliction. I'm your host, Grant Grubbs. And Evan Dearborn. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 13 of Pulp Fliction. It's crazier every time that number goes up. I know. It's just it's absolute madness. But uh, here we are coming at you guys with another episode here. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed last uh, last week's episode of our top five directors. Um, this week, Grant, what are we going to be talking about here? This week, uh, we're going to be having a little bit of a change of pace. We're going to be doing our top 10 Favorite comedy movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, so def- definitely a little bit of a lighter episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, last week, we do enjoy talking about the uh, about the behind the scenes of, uh, of film. But uh, comedy is just one you can kick back, you know, have a couple laughs with the boys, you know. And it's just, it's just a great time all around when you're watching some of these comedies. But yeah. sometimes you need it, you know. There's, yeah. there, there's too much sadness going on nowadays. We need a little comedy. That's right, brother. Um, but... As always, we watched some movies the past week, and so uh, Grant, we're gonna do a change of pace. You're gonna go first this time. Oh dear God! Yeah, this feels wrong on every level. Yeah, this is this is horrible, and I feel super awkward about it. But let's just do it, Grant. What Evan's are it's wh- calling the shots today? <laughs> what what all did you watch? <laughs> uh, okay, um, the first thing I watched um, was uh, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, He's done There Will Be Blood. He did, He just recently came out with a movie called Licorice Pizza. Uh, he, he's always very interesting. I don't love all of his movies, um, but visually they're always really interesting, and uh, the plot's always intriguing. This one was similar to Uncut Gems, another Adam Sandler serious role. Uh, it's called Punch Drunk Love. Um, it's kind of a rom-com about this just kind of anxious, socially awkward fella who also has anger problems. And uh, Adam Sandler is really, really good as him. Um, I, I, it's definitely not for everybody. I gave it a three and a half out of five stars um, just for the creativity of it. Uh, Could have been better, but solid movie. Um, the other movie I watch, I really, really liked. Um, it's the Western, famous Western. Unforgiven. Yeah. Clint Starring Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, my man. And um, the man who made Evan's top five directors. Go back and check out that episode. But this movie, uh, I mean, it's just bad to the bone. Yes, sir. Clint Eastwood is just a killer. And uh, William Money, one of the coolest characters, you know, uh, pound for pound, I've ever seen on the screen. Uh there's also just really great direction in this movie, sound design, all of it technically is equally good. I gave it a four and a half out of five stars. Wow. I'll have to go back and watch it again, but I think it may be my favorite Western, and uh, it's a great way to kick off the year for me wanting to watch more Westerns. Yeah, for sure. I think it's kind of uh, kind of a little suspicious that Clint Eastwood wrote this character and him just being the most badass person of all time. Yeah, you know. You, you, you might as well, if you put in all that work, reward yourself. Yeah, a little self-rewarding, but hey, at least uh, at least a hit, you know. Hey, you killed it. Um, All right, Evan, what did you watch this past week? Yeah, so I watched the 1957 absolute uh, just classic 12 Angry Men. 
just absolutely and, a banger, dude. It's just the this movie is, you know, for it being all in one scene or one, yeah, just one uh, like setting. It's just absolutely insane how it can just it requires your attention the entire time, and it, it gets you thinking. Like, first of all, you have to figure out what all happened uh, in this case. And then you're trying to figure out whose side you're supposed to be on. And then it's cool to see the people flip, uh, uh, like who does, who doesn't, what all's going on. And then there's just so much more, like there's just this ambiance of just mystery that is going on throughout this movie. It's just, it was so much fun. Uh, four and a half out of five stars for me. It well was deserved. Yeah, very well deserved. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really simple plot. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what makes it so beautiful. Um, it's almost, you know, it was made back in the fifties, but, uh, accordingly it's almost like they're just recording a stage play. This could just as easily be performed, uh, in the theater. I don't know if it ever was probably, Mm. um, but it holds your interest throughout and it's all dialogue. Uh, it's super, super impressive. And just one of the best examples of writing in a movie of all time. Yeah, for sure. And I think it definitely like, it kind of is, a it's like a moral check for yourself yeah to, to see what where you would be at uh during this uh this trial so it, it definitely makes you feel like you're another person on the jury correct uh in that room with them yeah. and uh yeah super super interesting what what else did you watch i watched uh dog day afternoon okay and uh 1975 and listen I I was a hater of Al Pacino just because I watched Jack and Jill was my first Al Pacino <laughs> oh God. movie ever. Dear God, not the Dunkin' Donuts scene. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, Al Pacino is this guy is just an absolute loon out here. But uh, having seen uh, Dog Day Afternoon and how he overacts, but like then I put myself in the shoe of this bank robbery and how he was dealing with it all, and I realized that he's just not a smart guy whatsoever. <laughs> It's just, it, it is some great acting. I, I mean, think he made this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it ranks up there uh, for a lot of people and, like, film critics as one of the best performances of all time. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's, it's uh, without him, this movie is nothing, uh, which is ridiculous because it's it's an absolutely insane story. And then the ending is is really, really good. I think it has, uh, it's just this this character play and has a, a quite a twist in it, especially in the 70s. I can't imagine uh, what it was like in, in the twist. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, Grant. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I just want to make sure. But it's just, you <laughs> People know. People probably were not a fan of that back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And you can tell by by the crowd. But it, <laughs> it, was, it, was, a, it was a good watch. Three and a half out of five stars just because. I think without Al Pacino, this this movie has no substance whatsoever. Oh, I, I do have to give a shout out um, to John. I, I believe the actor's name is John Cazale. Cazale. Uh, he is the fellow bank robber with Al Pacino. Yeah. Weird looking fellow. Oh, no yeah. offense, John. But I mean, he is he wasn't in very many movies. Uh, he was in Dog Day Afternoon, The Godfather the Godfather part two and the deer hunter. So this guy knew how to pick projects. And obviously he was doing something right for all of those to turn into, you know, some of the greatest films of all time. Um, so shout out to John Cazale. Yeah, for sure. I think all four of those are on the IMDb top 100 list. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, um, they're all well-deserved. Uh, Al Pacino definitely made it, but 
John is known for being a really, really good kind of side character actor. Mm, yeah, which, you know, underrated, but I think there's a lot of people that are good at those as those side characters. I think Mark Ruffalo is one that's uh, good in, in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, he did good. I think it was weird because it, it's just a strange role. I think this guy, like, genuinely was not smart. <laughs> So it's kind of hard to play that and have a good performance as a as a yes. guy that just has no like intellectual. It's, it's nothing flashy, but that's you know if you know actors, they'll say that's just as or probably more impressive. Yeah, to be able to dumb it down like that. All right, well, uh, that's what we watched this week, Evan. Uh, if you're ready, since it's a pretty big segment here, are you ready? Hopping in the main segment. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. We'll see you guys over there. All right, thank you guys for joining us here in our main segment. And uh, before you even try and say anything, Evan, don't don't you dare ever try and force me to go first again. All right, we we have rules around here. We have standards. Okay, yeah. pal. I, I had you a little bump fuzzled there, didn't I? You, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Now, right. now you tell me your number ten comedy movie of all time right now, or so help me God. Hey, listen, number ten for me. Wait, can I? You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I think we should preface. Yeah, I know. I kind of came in hot there. I was, I was still a little heated from from hey, earlier. No, it's okay, man. Listen, some of one of us has to be the alpha, and I think it just shows it, it, that it would be me this week. Dear God, <laughs> Alpha Ev has <laughs> broken into the podcast. The uh. sanctity of the podcast is ruined. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, we we did want to preface this by saying, uh, comedies is a very, very, very wide genre. Uh, there's rom-coms. I mean, there, you could argue that Marvel movies are comedies. Like, they have jokes in them, you know. Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's just a comedy because how terrible it is. Yeah, that's right? just a comedy that someone made that film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bum. But, uh, yeah. So, but we tried to really, really do our best to keep it to movies that were specifically made to be comedies. Um, I also want to preface this personally by saying... Comedy is probably my least favorite genre. Uh, it's definitely the movies I do not go out of my way to watch. Um, so most of these movies are just movies from my kind of era. Especially, I do not go out of my way to watch old comedies. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm definitely a little uncultured when it comes to this genre. So forgive me, people. But uh, these are our picks, and we're going to stand by them. Yeah, for sure. I think comedies are like... I think a lot of these are like my... From five to like thirteen years old. Yeah. This is this is when you could really get a giggle at just anything. Yeah, this is back whenever I thought like uh, like Blades of Glory was the greatest movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Makes fart joke. Evan just dies. Yeah, for I know. Twenty four hours. <laughs> all right, Evan. With all that said, hit me with your number ten. Yeah, number ten. I've got uh, the political satire. The campaign. 2012. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like "Don't look up," but I'm like, "Wow, that really snuck no. in there quick." No, I, I, I really, I, I just wanted to get you, get you all uh, on, on your toes a little bit. But okay. the campaign made in 2012, directed by Jay Roach, starring Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Just you know, one of those movies that I thought it was funny because of like the slapstick humor in it. Uh, at the uh, like back in 2012, whenever like, I was. <laughs> 11 years old the uh 
commercial for the campaign of, <laughs> of Will Ferrell like punching a baby or yeah. something. That is like pers- <laughs> permanently imprinted in my mind. Uh, I'll never forget watching that as an eight-year-old boy and being like, what the dump am I witnessing here? Yeah, and and then I was like, this is just completely over over dramatized, you know, because it's supposed to be a uh, supposed to be a comedy. But as I got get older and I become more aware of like the political situation, I'm just like, this is just hilarious. <laughs> you know, these these two guys that are just attacking each other, making these absolutely insane commercials, uh, and they're going out of their way to try to get uh try to get votes. Just yeah. absolutely hilarious. I, I gotta be honest, I haven't seen the campaign. Um, but it definitely has a lot of the all stars of our era of comedy actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the my favorite scene in it is whenever uh, Zach Galifianakis and his family is having uh, is having dinner, and the little kid is talking about, or they're talking about being more open about having no secrets in the family. Mm-hmm. And the little kid's talking about like what he does at zoos and how he has like you know he really likes zoo animals. <laughs> if you <laughs> know what I'm God. saying. And uh, it's just the, the funniest thing ever because Zach Galifianakis is supposed to be like this like conservative, uh, this like hardcore Christian man, and he's got this kid. He's got this kid that just has some some incredible sexual fantasies. The, and the, it, it's just hilarious. The classic politician's child. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> classic zoo loving. <laughs> yeah. Classic zoo loving little boy. Oldest <laughs> trick in the book. <laughs> All right. All right. What what you got at number 10? Campaign crit movie, but number 10. My number 10. uh, Judd Apatow production here uh, really launched Steve Carell's career, The 40 Year Old Virgin. Uh, Just a funny, like, it's so chill, low budget. It looks like it was just filmed on a camcorder. Like, I mean, I'm not even sure. I I think they may have just used a flip camera if anybody (laughs) remembers those to film this. But, uh, I mean, it works. It, it's pretty good writing. Uh, it really made Steve Carell the star he was. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you probably do know this, but some of you all might. Th- some of you all out there may not. Uh, Steve uh, was kind of a star, but The Office he was on it had just gone through season one. It was failing really. Um, was not blowing up. Uh, Steve Carell did this movie. It actually showed the writers of The Office how to make Michael Scott a more kind of sympathetic character that while he's an idiot, people still like. And that's really what saved the show. Uh, You know, now The Office is one of the most beloved shows of all time. And accordingly, this comedy is as well. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's a really funny movie. Some classic scenes like the uh, waxing scene where they're ripping his hair off and he's screaming out like... Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, really, really solid comedy. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, we'll probably be talking about that later on as well. Uh, But Spoiler alert. Yeah. One thing I want to say about Judd Apatow is, like, he is, in terms of comedy, has, like, launched Seth Rogen's career, Jonah Hill's career. Uh, Even, like, Kevin Hart. This was Kevin Hart's first uh, actual credit. And you see how many people are just, like, small roles in this movie and they've gone on Paul to be, Rudd. yeah Paul Rudd they're major like film stars now and you people go to watch movies just because of their name mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just you know props to Judd Apatow for for doing that yeah all right Ev what is your number nine so number nine is uh you have a smile on your face you sicko I'm just I'm listen this is a movie that brings back a lot of uh a lot of good memories all right rip it that's uh kicking and screaming <laughs> <laughs> Baby, yeah, it's uh, made in two thousand five. 
this is one of those movies that on my way to like uh, my older brother's uh, basketball tournaments, we'd be watching it in my mom's car. Yeah. And, you know, just absolute classics. You got uh, Byung Sun, uh, the little, little Asian boy that they just, the uh, he becomes united with the, gosh, I, I forget the one kid's Dude, big name. Dude, I don't even remember the plot. I just, is Mike Ditka in this movie yeah. or is that a weird dream of mine? No, Mike Ditka is, is in this. He said, uh, Will Ferrell, he's like, guys, we brought in an absolute winner. 1980 uh, Chicago Bears coach or Chicago Bears coach champion. I said that completely wrong. <laughs> but Mike Ditka, and then they they have no idea who he is. And it's, then he uh, just scares them to death. It's yeah. like beyond scared straight up. I there. wasn't sure if that was some weird fever dream or that actually happened. Because likewise, this movie, I think I had watched it a hundred times when I was a kid. It, for some reason, it was just constantly on uh, DVD players, little portable uh, yeah. movie things. And good Lord, kicking and screaming. That blue striped suit just brings back memories. Yep. Yeah, and it's just the the recruiting, how they went to uh, the uh, Italian butcher shop, and they got the uh, two twin brothers. Uh, one yeah. of them's name is Messimo or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just absolutely, absolutely hilarious. I love that movie. Uh, brings up a lot of great memories and just some, some very, uh, very quotable lines from there. Yeah, really solid. All right, my number nine. Another Judd Apatow movie, I believe. Wow. Uh Pineapple Express. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this one holds kind of a funny, special spot in my heart just because my girlfriend and I find this movie hilarious, and we've watched this multiple times together. Uh, I think James Franco is <laughs> hilarious in this movie, uh, just playing the idiot stoner. Uh, it, at the same time though, like you are kind of invested in the plot a little bit. Uh, it, it drags you along. You want these guys to stay away, uh, from the drug dealers chasing them down. And it's just hilarious. There's a lot of really, really funny scenes. Yeah. I've actually, I've never seen pineapple express because my parents didn't let me. Oh man. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm sure they wouldn't care now if I watched yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Being a loser. <laughs> I'm going to shove this guy in a locker. <laughs> Yeah, but I was like, it's just one of those things that I was, I wanted to like be a good boy. I didn't want to watch uh, Pineapple Express, even though my older brother was watching it. He yeah. was watching it with one of his uh, buddies in the basement when they're like 15 years old. Oh, a bunch of bad boys. Yeah, and I remember trying to sneak downstairs and like watch, and then Eric and his buddy would uh, would look back and they would just like yell at me to go upstairs. With <laughs> Sounds my, about right. My little mischievous grin, but yeah, I've I've never seen it. However, just you know, James Franco, stoner. I think that's just perfect. A, a biopic yeah. of his life. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen as well. You know. Yeah. So you really can't go wrong with that. All right, Ev, what is your number eight? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm, la <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about a scene in Pineapple Express. <laughs> James Franco thinks Seth Rogen's getting arrested. In reality, this woman cop is helping him, and she's going to save him, and he runs her over with a car. <laughs> Okay, Evan, just take it away with number eight. All right, number <laughs> number eight is uh, 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, you know, maybe not even a, like, I think it's a crime movie more than anything. <laughs> I get I, I would categorize <laughs> this like Pineapple Express. has a little bit of crime, but it's no. it, it's definitely a, a, a comedy. No, it's just, it's so funny. You got Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum, that good-looking son of a gun that can't act. Uh, 
You know, he's not bad in this movie. Though. He, he's not not horrible, but you know, it it's a, a comedy, and if you can act in a comedy, you can be good in a comedy. I think that you've got you've got the chops for something. You have a place in Hollywood. Yeah, a lot of the uh, actors say that comedy is like the hardest acting to do. Yeah, uh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco. I think this is one of his first films that he like broke out in. He's absolutely hilarious in this movie. He's uh, like, he's it like, rhymes with grapes. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with grape. You know what happens to handsome dudes in jail like me? And then he, uh, he says, "Yo, man, that's like mad and sensitive of you." And like the very <laughs> beginning, <laughs> as they're going around calling out the stereotypes, and they're like, "I have no idea what type of guys these are." They're talking about their jar Dodge Charger. Yeah, there's like, some really scene there's some scenes there that wouldn't i don't know if you could put them in a today movie like it's kind of making fun of the fact that people back in the day thought this was what was cool but at the same time it's just messed up um uh, i'm not even gonna say it but some of y'all might know what i'm talking about but Mm -hmm. yeah it is a really uh really funny movie yeah it's just absolutely absolutely genius uh the banter between like ice cube and uh and jonah hill absolutely golden uh and then the the whole idea of like Jonah Hill being cooler than Channing Tatum is just absolutely hilarious yeah. to me. And I think Jonah Hill is like the perfect guy to make that as hilarious as it is. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the 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 whole relationship between like him and Bree Larson and the uh the ending whenever he has to skip because he actually has to do his job but he wanted to play Peter Pan in the school play. Don't you mean Hey there Peter Parker? <laughs> That was abs- one of the worst, most cringeworthy scenes ever, but <laughs> it's just hilarious. Uh, uh, just absolutely golden movie. One that I can watch many, many times over. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what you got A number eight, Grant? All right. My number eight, Evan, I think you're going to like this. It's game night. Let's go, dude. That's one of the best thrillers of all time. <laughs> all right. Make it stop. But uh, Jesus, Murphy. Yeah, game night. I think as far as... Uh, as, as far as movies, good comedy movies go that have good plots, Game Night is, like, up there as one of the highest. Like, I mean, you are truly invested. The amount of twists and turns this thing takes is amazing. Uh, you know, I think every, if it's going to be a top ten modern classic like this, it has to have, like, some really funny memorable moment. I think everybody thinks of the tortillas <laughs> or tostitos scene. Uh, how can that be profitable for Frito? <laughs> <laughs> um, that what's that actor's name? Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Landry Just, from Friday Night Lights. Well, Coach Taylor's also in this movie as well. Coach Taylor from is, Friday Night it, Lights. It has too too many uh, Friday Night Lights actors, but uh, you know they still do a good job. And uh, yeah, some really really funny stuff and a great kind of mix of a mystery slash comedy. Yeah, my. Uh, Probably one of my favorite parts of that is whenever uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, first of all, incredible chemistry. Yeah, I absolutely know. love it. I'd love to see more movies with them. Yeah. Uh, and they were in the the bar, and uh, Rachel McAdams had the had the gun, and she was holding the bar held hostage, even <sighs> though she thought that they were, like, actors. And just absolutely golden scene. I love it. And then uh, she hands the gun over to uh, Jason Bateman, and he's, like, just, like, grabbing it, like, the most, like, <sighs> Just the guy that doesn't know anything about guns. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, guys, don't. uh, I wish you guys could see my hands right now because I'm I'm doing it perfectly. I just can't explain it. Just holds him hostage. It it is one of the (laughs) most one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's golden. 
the plot twists are hilarious and literally up until like the last second you have no clue what the heck's going on yeah that's kind of why i had it as a thriller it's not on my comedy no, list just, hey, because it is a thriller no. i hate to say just it don't defend yourself listen I, I think that there's plenty of people that agree with me that are listening to this podcast right now <laughs> okay all right i was i meant i'm not gonna lie i meant to do the crickets thing but <laughs> so i okay. I messed that we'll up take it all right uh let's stop hit, hit us with your number seven number number seven i've got uh you know i, I couldn't decide they're basically the same movie in my eyes it's uh happy gilmore and uh billy madison what the you're out here cheating the list dude they're in in my opinion, they're the exact same movie. Oh dear God! Basically, the same exact uh, same exact character, just different uh, character arcs. Yeah. But uh, I think I put these on here because Adam Sandler, probably the king of comedy, in my opinion. Uh, he d- does have a little bit more of like slapstick. That's why I thought they were funnier whenever I was younger. Yeah. But like watching Billy Madison and uh, just seeing him go throughout school and him his best friends literally being third graders it's just the funniest thing ever and then the end scene at the academic decathlon (laughs) are you talking about the shooter guy (laughs) well yeah that's part of it but like (laughs) just the whole duration of that act of the academic decathlon i I don't remember much about that movie it's once again like a lot of these are just weird it feels like weird visions i had as a 10 year old boy (laughs) uh, just catching it on like tnt uh, or AMC, but yeah, that, that's about all I remember is Steve Buscemi coming in with a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite, one, probably my favorite thing of of uh, Steve Buscemi is whenever uh, Billy he calls uh, calls Steve because to apologize for him being horrible in high school, and then he said he li- marks his name off the kill list, and then he puts the lipstick on afterwards. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not a huge fan of those early 2000s Adam Sandler movies, but I will say there's some golden scenes like that one in there. Yeah, and then Happy Gilmore, you know, just I think that one is just, I think the probably one of my favorite scenes growing up was whenever they're doing the celebrity uh, golf match. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and him and Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Just start fighting. It, it, it is one of the funniest, uh, one of the funniest scenes ever. Uh yeah, that, that's amazing. All right, where where are we? Number seven. Yeah, give me your number seven here. All right, my number seven. I gotta say, I surprised myself with this one. Um, most people probably won't know this movie. Uh, it's called Rushmore. Uh, it's a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, it, it, this is one of those that's is a it's a mix of a lot of things. It's a coming of age, uh, kind of a romance. But I would say at its core, it's a comedy. Okay. Uh. Rushmore is just, it's basically about this boy in high school who is definitely a bit of an odd fella. He uh, goes to this prep school, is involved in every single club. He acts like a 40-year-old CEO, even though he's a 17-year-old boy. uh, And he falls in love with one of his teachers. Uh, And at the same time, Bill Murray, who he has a bond with, who's a dad of one of the uh, other kids at school, also falls in love with this teacher and basically they go to war and uh it's just really funny and good stuff um i i can't say too much on it because i know a lot of people haven't seen it uh i'm not an enormous wes anderson film uh 
buff, but this is one of the few I've seen. And I will say it's quirky, it's cute, it's just a good, fun watch. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've never seen it, but it's got Bill Murray, and who else did you say? Uh, it's it, Bill Murray's the main big actor. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I mean, just the he was the king of comedy back then, and it's just, you know, I can see it's set up for an incredible story. Yeah, so. it's like got very uh, mature themes while also being like childlessly funny. Uh, I think it's a really good mix and has a nice balance. All right, Evan, hit me with your number six. <laughs> it's number six. I, I cheated I'm again. Evan! <laughs> I'm so sorry. What, we made a top ten, man. I know, but it's it's Anchorman 1 and 2. I I think it's hard to distinguish the two because they're both just absolutely this genius. This is more acceptable, yeah. I guess. I think they're basically the exact same story, and they're like, I mean, it's a film series. It's freaking Anchorman. Yeah. like The legend of Ron Burgundy. I think Ron Burgundy is who I aspired to be whenever I was, whenever I was a little bit younger. Uh, probably not the best thing in the world. I don't think my parents really enjoy hearing that, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure they are real proud right now. They're going to be sharing <laughs> this one all over Facebook, <laughs> but it's just, you know, Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, David Kochner, Christina Applegate, Steve, Steve Carell. Yeah. <laughs> so who'd you get a hand grenade from? Oh, <laughs> uh, those fight scenes are golden, dude. And then the, the my, probably my favorite part about Anchorman, uh, is an Anchorman 2. <laughs> and Will Will Ferrell isolates himself on that beach house, and he convinces himself that he's blind, and he just raises this pet shark. <laughs> it's just, it's. I mean, it just brings so many stupid but fun scenes, and I think it's just. I don't. I, it it it's probably just funny because I'm just a you know stereotypical male. <laughs> I don't think too many other people find it uh, hilarious, but it's just one of those that I can watch. Time and time again, and never get uh, never get bored of it. It's, it's the quintessential Will Ferrell movies, the yeah. Anchorman's. Uh, it's just dumb, but it's hilarious. Uh, you know, if you, if you like Will Ferrell, you're going to love the Anchorman's. Yeah, I think this is this movie is probably just Will Ferrell just put on a mustache and he said, let, let, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's make a movie. Just here. roll the tape, and yeah. after that, it's just uh, chaos. Yep. Which also, I must say, I'm sorry, I just cut you off there again, but. Uh, they're both directed by Adam McKay. Adam McKay. I didn't um, realize that. Yeah. Adam McKay is a, uh, you know, I think we didn't talk about him in our top directors, but he's definitely one of the best in the game. I think he makes a couple duds, like Don't Look Up wasn't all that good. Uh, but he likes making action movies. He likes making comedy movies with Will Ferrell. Him and uh, Will Ferrell had a, uh, a production company as, as well. But it just, they actually just stopped being in cahoots with one another. They just had a really bad falling out apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. We're going to have to do a drama alert gossip session yes, on, on the pod one day. Yeah. But Adam McKay, uh, my older brother, Eric, texted me after listening to the top five directors. And he's like, dude, you didn't even talk about Adam McKay. Because, you know, Eric is, a, he mean, he majored in economics at Ole Miss. Oh, so the he, big short. The big short is just like his favorite movie ever. Wolf of Wall Street, all that bull crap. But, Sounds about right. Yeah. He absolutely loves uh, Adam McKay. Shout out you, Eric. I told you I'd shout you out just because you you continuously listen to the podcast, and for that, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate all our consistent listeners. All right. Uh, are we at my number six Yeah, now? you're number six. My number six is Tropic Thunder, starring Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., uh, 
good lord, what's his name? Like Jay Baruchel. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got Tom Cruise, it's got Bill Hader. I mean, it, it's just star-studded. Um, it, it's just, I think I had to put it in there for how unique this movie is. There is not another film in the world that is like Tropic Thunder. Uh, from the beginning, you're thrown off. You think... I. Did I? Am I at the? You you throw this on at home and you're like, am I at the theater? Why are they showing me trailers? Yeah, it's these weird. Oh, I forgot Jack Black. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the black actor's name is in it. I got to look it up. But um, are you talking about Robert? No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, another movie they could not make nowadays. Uh, yeah, Brandon T. Jackson. He, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean the movie has an endless amount of, like, classic comedy top actors. Uh, it throws you off. It's a movie within a movie. Uh, have, you, have you seen this one, Ev? I've seen uh, bits and pieces of it. It's one of those that I feel like I've seen yeah. every single part of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I need to watch it all the way through just because it's one of those that's actually just, just golden. Like, yeah. everyone loves it for the most part. It, it can't be distasteful, it, it, especially it definitely, nowadays. It definitely can be, uh, but it is hilarious. And if you go and listen to some of the interviews and stuff that Robert Downey Jr. has done on, uh, you know, why this was controversial, controversial was basically acted as if he was a black guy. But <laughs> the point was he was making fun of actors in Hollywood who do these sort of things and take their roles way too seriously. Uh, it was all irony um so yeah i would suggest if you do kind of think that's weird uh check out some of the interviews he's done on it and i think he makes a pretty good case for himself uh otherwise it's just a hilarious movie uh, they go from thinking they're uh you know just shooting a vietnam movie to realizing they're actually <laughs> fighting like the vietnamese drug kingpins and uh, it's just really funny and there's nothing else out there like it directed by Ben Stiller as well. Yeah. Ben Stiller. Uh, I believe he also wrote it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, this is just golden. It's so creative. Uh, Ben Stiller definitely has a knack for comedy. Um, and like I said, the casting just couldn't be any better. The random rare comedy role of Tom Cruise as this big, <laughs> <laughs> This is big kind of CEO character who's just absolutely ruthless uh, and also likes to dance to apple, apple bottom jeans. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just really, really funny stuff. All right, Evan, we're now entering our top five. Yeah, top five. At number five, I've got uh, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead zombie movie. Yes. Uh, it's... Uh, Directed by Edgar Wright, but written by Simon Pegg. Uh, Simon Pegg is the the guy that stars in it, along with side uh, Nick Frost. It's one of those movies that I think you can turn on when you're watching it. Like you got the fellows over or something. Turn on this movie, just just absolutely hilarious. The 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 meta commentary of it and how they're just completely unaware. It's just it's absolutely just hilarious. Uh, some of the best, it's more slapstick than I'd say anything else, mm -hmm. but it's just the two characters of Simon and, uh, and Nick is just, I absolutely love it. A movie I can watch time and time again. I, I will say, uh, I have not seen Shaun of the Dead. Um, it's a, it's a Edgar Wright film, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has a whole entire little list of just a lot of those exact same actors. Mm -hmm. That one, Hot Fuzz, 
uh, I think it's called like the world's end or something like that. Uh, But supposedly they're all really good. The only one I've seen of those three is hot fuzz, which was right on the edge of making mine. Uh, But he definitely has a unique style. It's very like British comedy. Oh yeah. It's so British, (laughs) Uh, but it's very clever and funny stuff. Yeah, it's just, you know, I can I can watch this time and time again. And I think that the uh just the the bar scene of of it alone is just one of the funniest things ever. And also watching uh the the Kill Count by James A. Janice on Dead Meat on YouTube. He absolutely loves this movie. It gets me fired up. You and the classic Kill Counts. I know. Dude, I just I love Kill Counts so much. Shout out James A. Janice uh for getting married also, my man. I know he's definitely listening right now. So. <laughs> Did you just shout out James A. Denise in our podcast. Lord, yeah, I did. Dude, he's definitely listening. He he loves his fans. He loves his supporters. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, give, give us a shout out on Kill Count. Big Pulp Fiction guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. what, what do you got at number five, Grant? My number five is The Nice Guys. Another oh, let's one go. that I think is extremely, extremely overlooked. Uh, I think it's... One of the best uh, comedies of the 21st century. One of the most underrated films of the 21st century. uh, Starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. A very unusual pairing. Um, But it's basically about these kind of private investigators in the 70s type era, I'd say. Uh, And it's kind of like a mystery. They're searching out uh, stuff, figuring stuff out together. But it's really hilarious. Their chemistry is fantastic. Um, <laughs> the writing is really, really good too. Um, it's got just some great dialogue. Yeah. I just watched this the other day and, uh, or over the the winter break. And I think it's impossible for Ryan Gosling to not have chemistry with somebody. Yeah. It's just such a charismatic man hand. could have chemistry with a brick wall. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, he, he's just, he's just incredible. But the reason I didn't put this movie in here is because I, I thought it was more of like a, like a crime movie. Uh, with so, uh, similar to game night. Yeah. So, yeah. Similar to game night, I'd say, <laughs> Dear God. but, uh, yeah, this movie, I mean, it's fun all the way throughout. I think the, the one part of it that like lacks, I think it's probably one of the best, like actual movies that have comedy in it. Mm. There's just like a tiny, like plot hole that I just didn't necessarily agree with, or like, I, I just didn't get, maybe that's just me just being stupid and just being like a caveman watching movies and not uh, thinking analytically should, about it. Should we delve into this here another time? Well, we'll do this another time. Okay. I think I think we should d- dive into another time because I it has been a, a minute since I've uh and since I've watched it and we've got 40 minutes yeah right here. So I'd, I'd hate to have to expose you on live. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd have to do my research for this. But uh <laughs> yeah, nice guys. Absolutely just uh, such a such a good movie. Yeah. All right, what is your number four of? Number four, I've got Wedding Crashers, 2005. Dang, I forgot Wedding Crashers. Dude, Wedding Crashers is so much fun. I feel uh, like this is everyone's dad's, the movie they just think is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I agree to that. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's got Owen Wilson in the, the peak of his career. Uh, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn with his just dry humor. And himself tripping over his own words is just absolutely hilarious. Uh, Rachel McAdams, absolute queen. Uh, Christopher Walken, Isla Fisher, Bradley Cooper. Will Ferrell, random hilarious cameo. (laughs) 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 In his bathroom at his mom's house. I completely forgot about that. (laughs) The funeral crashers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. (laughs) 
I, I absolutely, I, I love this movie. Uh, also got like a, it's a nice like romantic story as well. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, you got Isla Fisher and then I'm trying to think who's the other girl. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally couldn't even imagine who it was, but yeah, it's really funny, <laughs> especially with some of the scenes of Isla Fisher, <laughs> specifically a scene at the dinner table. Uh, it's just really <laughs> hilarious <laughs> stuff. Uh, like every scene is pretty much comedy gold in this film. If you haven't seen Wedding Crashers, what are you doing? Yeah, I think just uh, if you could just do like a like a just a, a play of having uh, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn just banter back and forth. I'd buy a ticket, dude. I would buy a ticket. It, it's just so much fun. The Owen Wilson's just slow, kind of smooth talking, and then Vince Vaughn, hyper energetic, always like just super anxiety ridden. He is. It's just so much fun to watch, and then like. Bradley Cooper's character of just being an absolute <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, douchebag alpha male, I might add. <laughs> and the the scene where they're playing football <laughs> and he just destroys Vince Vaughn yeah. time and time again is just absolutely hilarious. It's really funny stuff. All right, uh, my number four. This is, uh, I, I hopefully you'll accept this. It's Elf. The Christmas movie. I don't want to hear this crap. What? On the Christmas special, you're talking garbage about it. Like now, it's overplayed. I don't want to see it all all the time. It's on TV. And then here you are trying to give it some love. I'm tired of this bull crap. I don't want no wishy washy elf fan over here. All right, you either love it or you hate it. Now, right? now I said on the Christmas special that I do think it's very very funny. I just think it's overplayed. Oh my god! And, and I'm gonna stick to that. However, if you if you're seeing Elf for the first time. I mean, it's it's generational. You're like, this is hilarious. This is great. So many awesome scenes, you know, Santa fights, uh, the mailroom scene. Yeah. I mean, don't make me get up on this table and start doing the <laughs> dance, man. It's, it's good stuff. It's the, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. Uh, you know, this is, I believe, the lone uh, Will Ferrell movie I do have on this list, but I just think it's hilarious. And... Uh, how, how can you not uh, put Elf in there unless you're just not considering it a comedy? Uh, it's maybe the most played comedy of all time. Uh, everybody's seen it. Everybody can kind of laugh like it's some sort of inside joke between strangers. Yeah. Uh, Elf is just a lovely, lovely movie. Uh, just a little overplayed. Yeah. I mean, Elf is just, if, if you're not watching it during Christmas time, then I, I don't you know. You have no soul. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. It's got my girl, D- Zoe Deschanel. Uh, she's just absolutely, I love her in this movie. Uh, but the the Santa scene, uh, we had to put it, I mean, we put it in our Christmas special as a little ad lib in there. We did. It was, it was just, it's such a fun movie. Uh, and then it's like, it kind of, it, I mean, it pictures New York perfectly. It puts it in like this little, this film. And I think John Favreau like shows it perfectly of how there's like, just like you have this corporate businessman. Mm-hmm. that's coming to love uh, uh, Christmas, which, you know, it's not necessarily the theme of the movie, but it's just kind of a nice little subplot, you know? Yeah, the contrast between all of these angry New Yorkers yeah. storming down the street and Will Ferrell out there, uh, which I believe a lot of that was actual New Yorkers yeah. and him just messing with them and stuff. 
you know, it, it's perfect, and it just makes for an awesome, awesome movie. Yeah, you got the the angry little elf. In, uh, oh dear God, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to Peter Dinklage for doing that. Uh, you know, that's uh, yeah, funny, great, great, great scene. Yeah, just whenever he's just hops on the table, <laughs> starts trudging at him, <laughs> just yeah. over wall, like over you moving see his, his feet coming. Yeah, it's just abs- It's it's so funny, dude. Yeah. I love it. It's good stuff. All right, Evan. We're now entering our top three favorite comedies of all time. For you, I know it's probably like your top six because <laughs> you're going to have 12 <laughs> other movies thrown in there. But go ahead and deliver me your number three. I've got a uh, 40-year-old virgin at, at number wow. three. Uh, I, I love this movie. Um, I think that I love just how innocent it like it appears to be. But then it's got some raunchy comedy within it. <laughs> probably my favorite scene in that movie is uh, whenever he actually does, you know, do the deed, yes. and the daughter walks in, <laughs> there's like a hundred condoms ripped <laughs> open, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just you know she walks in at the, the most inopportune time, and she thinks that her mom has just been you know had sex a thousand times. It, it, it's just absolutely hilarious. There's a yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> really funny subtle stuff in that movie that is just like that's the stuff that makes it a classic. Yeah, and the, the the story it kind of just like goes on from like funny scene to funny scene. It's not necessarily like in continuity of one another. The bo- mm-hmm. the story doesn't necessarily build up. It's just showing the story of this life that is like a loser in the eyes of society for being a forty year old mm-hmm. virgin, and then them his friends just trying to get him laid. It's just absolutely a hilarious, you know, very simple plot. But Judd Apatow does a perfect yeah. job of of directing this. And we didn't say this when I was discussing, but it's just really sweet. Like, yeah, the romantic story in this movie is very just down to earth and sweet. And uh, it's, I think, just as good to watch, you know, with as it is comedy as it is a romance. Yeah. Nice little rom. I, I had two rom coms in a row Wedding Crashers and Forty Year Virgin. Wow. But, uh, Grant, what's your number three? My number three. Oh, gosh. Is <laughs> School of Rock starring Jack Black. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. This, this movie uh, just holds a special place in my heart, really. I, I There's no other way to put it. Um, it's one of my comfort movies. I feel like anytime I see it on Netflix, I'll just throw it on because it's just so relaxed. Uh, I think I think Jack Black's character's name is like Dewey or something like yeah, that. Something like that, yeah. But uh, just I, another cute kind of movies, seeing him interact with all these little kids. There's some really funny scenes uh, like really funny with the stuff of where they're trying to get in the talent show and they can't get in. And he tells the judges that they're all terminally ill. And uh, <laughs> like, I mean, there's some really awesome stuff in there uh, that I think often gets overlooked for how actually funny it is. Um, and then likewise, like we just mentioned, uh, and I'm starting to realize this is kind of what makes comedy so great is if you can also just have them like really hit you in the heart too. And uh, School of Rock is one of the best at those. The bond it uh, that Jack Black develops with these kids is just really sentimental, and uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a unique but nice movie. Yeah, I mean, he takes a like a private school, and where like I think the where they all have school uniforms. There's no individuality whatsoever, and he creates this classroom in which they all have roles and they all build together to like form this rock band 
and they have a lot of fun in, in doing so. And he doesn't really, um, what's his name? Yeah. Dewey Finn is Jack Black's name in, in the movie. And seen it once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Finn, he literally just, he just doesn't care about what the school headmaster has to say. He just wants these kids to be able to like find themselves through music. Like he did. Yeah. You know? Just a sweet movie. Got some hilarious moments. I think Jack Black just being able to like kick back and improv and do whatever he wants to do. I think that's wherever you have the most success there. Yeah, so it, it's really magical. I was sitting here looking at it online. I mean, it's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy crap. Uh, oh my God. You know, that's like some really, really high stuff. So uh, obviously I'm onto something here. Don't be hating on my pick. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I just didn't look at it as a, uh, I mean, I didn't really necessarily think about it. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Because it was always on FX whenever I was younger as well. Just one of yeah. those movies. But uh, I don't know. Jack Black, he kind of gets slept on a little bit. I mean, it has to be just the right role, I think, for Jack Black. That but, is true. But this is just the right role. Uh, goofy rock teacher. And uh, he, he does a great job. And I think he says in multiple interviews that this is the film he's most proud of making. Yeah. All right, Evan. Uh, hit me with your number two. Number two. I wonder if we'll have the same top two. I think I think we have. I really? think we do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two. I got the hangover. I also have the hangover. Yes, sir. Two. Oh, dude. I oh, already know. We definitely have number one the same. Yeah, we definitely have number this one. This is our generation. I know. Like, this is just the greatest film. Number yeah. Hangover. Directed by Todd Phillips, who I had as an honorable mention in my favorite directors. Uh Dude has just slept on super heavily. I, don't, I think he's starting to pick it up with the Joker. But Yeah, I don't know how one goes from making the hangover <laughs> to the Joker. That's a real uh, yeah. polar opposites. But uh, I respect Todd Phillips for being a diverse director, I guess. Yeah, he's almost gotten uh, canceled for the hangover for it being too raunchy. And then he almost got canceled for the Joker for it being too like emotionally Dark. damaging. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Zach Galifianakis, Bradley Cooper... Ed Helms, and then Justin Bartho, which I've never, I haven't heard anything else from him. Was that the uh, friend who got yeah, left got, on the roof? Yeah, guy well, that gets married. Let me tell you this. What's his name? Justin Bartho? Yeah, Bartha. Bartha. Put some respect on National Treasure's name. Oh, oh, crap, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother. Yeah, he's the, he's the right-hand man. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever I went to Vegas over break, my family and I were just quoting uh, hangover line Can't after help it. hangover line. It was, <laughs> we, were walk, we were driving past the Caesar's Palace. We're like, Julius, the real Julius Caesar didn't actually live here, right? She's like, no. He's like, I didn't think so. And then just walks away, <laughs> most proud look on yeah. his face. Forget, uh, you know, Scorsese's Casino. Hangover <laughs> is the definitive Las Vegas movie. That, yeah. In a way, I truly, truly mean that. Um. I think Hangover is one of the few, like, instant, undeniable classics of the 21st century. Uh, People will be watching this movie forever. Uh, Pound for pound, it may have the most, like, funny scenes packed into one movie Mm. uh, from all the stuff with, um, what's... Ken Jeong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, With his character. I'm trying to think. Mr. Chow? Mr. Chow, (laughs) yes. So long, gay boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a way too good impression. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, funny stuff with his character uh, when they get arrested. I mean, it's just a wild, wild ride and uh, really, really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one that uh, actually, I fun fun story. We're going to go a little off script here. But uh, I was in, this was in 2009. It was a snow day. And me and my older brother, Eric, and his buddy, Austin Freeze. No, not Austin Freeze. Austin Marsh. I'm sorry. Okay. But it's not necessarily all that important. But we had snow day, mm-hmm. but my dad had, uh, he had school that day. He was the assistant principal of school. And uh, so he called, my older brother called my dad and said, hey, can we watch a, uh, can we rent a movie off on demand? And my dad just being the most like, like, he'd be like, all right. We know that we called my mom. She would have been like, what movie you watch and how much does it cost? Would have asked a bunch of questions. Yeah. My dad would just be like, all right. So uh, Eric was like, we're going to watch The Hangover. <laughs> So here I was in third grade. I was eight years old. Oh my old. God, you were in third grade? I didn't realize this. I was imagining you were like at least like 12 or something. No, nah, dude. This was like as soon as it got on, on, on demand. And so here I was in, in third grade just listening to like F-bomb after F-bomb. There was like boobs on the on the television screen. It was just absolutely amazing. And then later on that <laughs> night, later on that night, my dad goes through our on-demand uh, history. He's like, oh, I wonder what the boys watched today. And then there we all are sitting there waiting for our dad to see the hangover and we just get an earful. I, uh, yeah, I can only imagine. Um, that's, it's definitely not the uh, most family friendly movie. Yeah. Especially the end credit scene. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The, when they uh, go through the camera roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just Some interesting content in there. Absolutely. It, it's just such a movie you can watch time after time and it never gets old. I must say, I have to wonder after you telling me this story, if this is just like a generational experience, uh, cause I too, not me specifically, but my oldest sister, Kenzie, mm-hmm. uh, I believe she was like 14 and her and her friend thought they were going to sneakily watch The Hangover one night. <laughs> and my parents came in, got in oh. huge trouble. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I think they were, like, watching on a laptop or something. <laughs> the classic Dell laptop. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, so it, it, Eric's not alone. You're not alone in this experience. I think there was a lot of kids that probably got in trouble for watching Hangover when we were younger. Yeah, it's, I mean... My gosh. Also, uh, Bradley Cooper's character in this, one of the coolest dudes ever. I, I don't aspire to be him as a future educator, but, I mean, like, just be as cool and have as much swagger What's as he, he does. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, leaving at the end of the school day in the very beginning. Some kid just comes up and try to talk to him or something. He's like, get away from me, loser or nerd. Or yeah, something. he's like, he's like, get away from me, nerd. It's the weekend. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just awesome stuff. Uh, and he takes yeah. he takes the kid's field trip money. To go and gamble with it at uh, at Vegas in Vegas. Yes. And then, oh my gosh, they have a, uh, uh, gosh, what is what is Zach Galifianak- Galifianakis' name in this movie? I don't know. I know he's the Lone Wolf. <laughs> the Lone Wolf. That's all that. That's all that matters. But he reads that book on counting cards. Yes. And he and goes and plays blackjack. Comes down the elevator, <laughs> hair slicked back. It's amazing. See the classic that's now become a meme. Seeing the numbers like it's a yeah. beautiful mind situation. Absolutely genius. I mean, you got the Mike Tyson cameo. This movie is just the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely, absolutely. But Evan, we have to do it right, just in case. We do. Unfortunately. I'm going to say right now, we've probably exhausted the joke of coming up last second with a fake 
movie, so maybe we should refrain from doing that. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was definitely going to say Ant-Man and the Wasp. Don't you dare say, like, the Emoji <laughs> movie or something like that. Crap. All right. All right. One. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're listing our number one at the same time here, guys, because right. we can only assume it's the same. Right. All right. Ready? One, one two, two, three. Super bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, there's no way around it. This is like... I mean, the holy grail of comedy to kids our age. This is the movie you heard about growing up. Uh, and, I mean, it, it, I think it does, like, really well encapsulate the feelings and uh, anxieties of a high school kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while all at the same time being hilarious. Yeah, for sure. Although, I never, I didn't necessarily have the same experience. No, I can't say I did either. As these characters, but I know of people that have had the exact same uh, experience. And I think it kind of like the the language used, the conversations that they have. I mean, it's, it just encapsulates uh, high schoolers perfectly. No, yeah, it's literally like you're watching a day in the life of high schoolers, the way they talk at least. Yeah, just over overuse of cuss words. Yeah. Uh, uh, all they're thinking about is just getting beer <laughs> and getting babes. That's, yeah, all, that's exactly. all, that, all that matters. Um, but, you know, and then at the same time, it has these kind of like serious moments of they're worried about going off college, separating from yeah. each other, all this stuff, uh, how they're judged by their friends. And it's... I mean, we were discussing earlier, having a good balance is what makes a great comedy. This movie is like the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you've got Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill, Seth and Evan is, is uh, their names in the movie. <laughs> and don't forget. Yeah. You got McLovin. <laughs> and McLovin. Dude, it's just having the, I mean, they can't be even, any more opposite of one another. Uh, these two characters, Seth and Evan, that is. And then they're kind of like bridged together by McLovin. And uh, like Jonah Hill's scared that his, that uh, Michael Sarah's going to go off and have friends without him. And he's just going to be left behind at, as this absolute loser. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's heartfelt stuff right yeah, there. That's deep stuff. Um, it, very real. He kind of takes his insecurities out on other people throughout the movie as he's just, you know, he makes fun of everybody. I mean, he just absolutely ridicule, ridicules uh, Seth, especially McLovin as well. That poor guy, he just means well by by everyone. <laughs> McLovin's the man. <laughs> and then, I mean, we can't talk about Superbad and not talk about Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. Yeah. The co as cops. <laughs> I mean, it's that whole entire, that may be the greatest, like, side plot of all time in a movie. Oh, for sure. For sure. My favorite part is that, that, as soon as you, uh, as as far as the cops go, is whenever besides whenever they walk in on on McLovin, yeah. we can't talk about that necessarily. Uh, but there's <laughs> some funny amazing. parts. Uh, but at the very beginning, when they go to the uh, the liquor store, and they're talking to the uh, to the the uh, clerk, and they're saying, "So did they? The guy look like you? Did he look like me?" <laughs> she said, "She looked more. Like, he looked more like you." He's like, "Oh, so he's a Jew." <laughs> Just, yeah, it's uh definitely not the most politically correct movie, but man, it is hilarious from start to finish. And um, yeah, I mean the actors like this movie. This is the movie that really made Michael Sarah and especially made Jonah Hill. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Emma Stone. This was her first movie as well. Uh, she went on to be in things like uh, like Easy A. La La Land. La La Land. Absolutely queen. Absolute queen. 
but I don't know. It's just, it, it is so much fun. And, and I think the, that horrible interaction at the very end between uh, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough. It, it is so tough to watch. It's absolutely cringeworthy. <laughs> uh, I can't talk about super bad enough, but also I think we need to mention that uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote this movie in high school. I, uh, I never knew that. Yeah, they were. Uh, Evan Goldberg is the guy that kind of does more of like the writing. Seth Rogen is the one that kind of brings it more to life, and he more producer. Yeah, sorta. more yeah. the producer type. And uh, they presented it to Judd Apatow, and Judd Apatow was like, "This is a perfect movie to make. This is hilarious. You guys need to make this movie." And so they end up making it, and just absolutely skyrocketed Seth Rogen's career. Yeah, uh, it's. It's an amazing screenplay, and that makes a lot of sense that they wrote it while they were in high school because, for all I know, they were just <laughs> writing down their conversations between them and their friends. Uh, I, I do have to say, mention this. Uh, this was probably my worst movie I saw at a young age. Yeah. Like, I I don't even know if my parents know this, but I probably watched this movie when I was, like, eight or nine I'd say I, I think it was it was one of those classic situations where you were over at a friend's house yes the parent wasn't maybe as <laughs> strict as your parents yeah. they, they have it all and they're sitting there just giggling at it you're a nine-year-old boy like what the heck am I looking at but man we thought it was hilarious and uh still to this day I guess I had pretty good taste because this movie is freaking funny yeah I uh also had I had a similar experience it was on uh Netflix whenever I was like 12 years old and I was watching on my Xbox 360 and uh, and I was it was late at night and whenever I could hear my my parents like walking and stuff I would turn off my Xbox and act like I was asleep (laughs) so they wouldn't walk in and see what movie I was watching classic (laughs) and it was just I mean, I think it took me like three days to be able to finish it. <laughs> so I would either fall asleep or uh, get quick fifteen-minute segments. Yeah, it, it, it's just you know, there's so many great memories with this movie. I watched it to this day. I laugh at every single line. It's just it is some of the greatest, uh, some of the greatest like writing in comedy history. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. That's our top ten comedies. Uh, this was, I'd say, the one that. Uh, as far as all of our podcasts go- have gone where we've listed the most variety between the yeah. two of our list. Uh, I, I realized we had the same one and two, which I, I thought we may have the same number one. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about two, uh, but I'm, I'm not surprised by that. But I was really happy that we had a lot of different ones on our three through ten. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, comedy, it's very subjective just based on what you think is funny and what's not. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that we we uh, we discussed this. Comedies are kind of hard to talk about because they are subject so subjective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like there's such a wide variety between like what people think is a comedy. And, you know, they're not necessarily the greatest movies. Yeah, you know? not always. But uh, then you get some some gems like we've mentioned. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, this has been a pretty long podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop over to the after show. You guys are obviously, as always, encouraged to join us there. Uh, and we'll try and make it quick for you guys. So we'll see you guys over there. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We couldn't have planned this better. All right. Thank you guys for joining us here on our after show. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that uh, segment today. It's 
definitely a, a funnier one I think we've done, which, you know, makes sense. It is our top comedies. Yeah, very, uh, very nostalgic as well. Yes, it, it was definitely enjoyable for us to do this. Uh, we are going to, as always, uh, dive into what we plan on watching this upcoming week and give you guys a recommendation. Uh, so, Evan, what are your recommendation uh, or what is your recommendation and what do you plan on watching this week? So, yeah, my uh, recommendation, based on the demographic of our listeners on Pulp Fliction, uh, wow. I, I think that... Getting uh, deep into the analytics here. I am. I'm very analytical thinking <laughs> guy, guy here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go... I recommend uh, the campaign. It's on uh, HBO Max. Talked about it. It was my number 10 on comedies. But I think it's just fun to laugh at, like, the the political, uh, like, political world. I think it's like, it's just a very good movie. Uh Will Ferrell, Zach Galifianakis, Jason Sudeikis. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, as far as what I'm going to be watching, I'm going to be watching uh, The Prestige by uh, Christopher Nolan. It's got Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman in it. I've heard so many great things. Uh, it's well, taken a while for me to be able to, to get into it, though. One of the best plot twists of all time. Yeah, that's what I hear. And unfortunately, I think I know what happens. Crap. <laughs> but, you know, it. Uh, I think it's still going to be... A really good movie. It's yeah. one of my older brother's favorite movies. Uh, it'd probably make its way on my top 10 thrillers is what I'm anticipating. It is super, super, super good. And I uh, highly recommend it. I think it's one that one I can feel safe to recommend to anybody out there. <laughs> it might knock out game night in my, <laughs> top, my top 10. Yeah. But uh, Grant, what are you recommending and what are you going to watch this week? Uh, what I'm going to be watching this week is probably if if I have to pick one, uh, I, I'm going to be watching uh, another Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I'm trying to get a little bit through his filmography. Uh, it, it just got put on Netflix called The Phantom Thread. I'm basically watching it because it's PTA and it's Daniel Day-Lewis. And uh, if it's Daniel Day-Lewis, I also want to go through all of his movies. I think he's one of the best actors of all time. Yeah. Um, and as far as what I'm going to be recommending to people, I'm going to recommend another one that we talked about unforgiven. I think it's just an awesome, uh, really cool shootout Western, uh, that also has deep emotions in it and is, uh, portrayed really well by Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman. So, uh, that, that's definitely my recommendation. And that one's on HBO max right now. All right. Uh, those are our recommendations, our picks. Uh, as always, if you want to, um, Check out what else we're watching, what else we're rating. Check out our letterbox. Uh, Evan, what's your letterbox username? Letterbox is the Evan D. T H E E V A N D E E. Mine is Grubzy33. No space, no caps. I, you're <laughs> going to have to figure out something else to say. I can't stop thinking about no cap indeed. It, 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 it's the worst. At this point, at this point it has to be said every time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what we got, guys. Uh, make sure you check us out. As always, we are pretty much post these on Wednesdays or Thursdays, right around there, depending on our schedules. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we are glad to have you guys hit us up if you need anything. And as always, if you need anything, you give us a holler. That's right. We'll see you guys next time. See y'all. Stop. <laughs>